Hey, hi, hello, this is Kundai and you're listening to Medics Motive. So this is the next episode in the Healthcare Leadership Academy conference series. So once again, thank you to the sponsors, the MDU Medics Academy. This episode was with fifth year medic from the Netherlands gym, who is currently studying at the University of Amsterdam. To hear more about his travels around Europe for his research project on student engagement, for his advice on pushing through barriers, reigniting passion, then keep on listening. Hey guys, this is Kundai back at Medics Motive, and today I am here with Jim, who is now going to introduce himself. Hi, thanks for having me. Um, so I'm Jim, I'm a medical student from the University of Amsterdam in the Netherlands, and um, I did research for my university. I went to seven different universities in Europe, traveling around, um, looking at their student engagement structures and writing a report for the university. And during that trip, I visited uh, around the UK three universities, so Leeds, Southampton, and uh, in London, UCL. And at Southampton, I met a guy um, who did the Healthcare Leadership Academy, which I'm now part of. And we had just that click, you know, when sometimes you meet somebody and he's not, like, you're not doing the same thing, you're not from the same background or anything, you're in a different system, but you know you have the same passions. So when I heard he did the Healthcare Leadership Academy, I thought, well, that's what I need to do. And then I looked at the requirements and it said, well, it's meant for students from the UK, but I thought, it doesn't say it's not from students from the UK. How long did it take for you to do your project going around the different units? Actually, I'm still writing the report, which takes as, takes ages. It's it's very difficult. I did seven universities, which was a bit unexpected and too much, I, I must say. So I started last year, December, with setting up the plan. So we're now a year further. Okay. Um, but the trips itself, like I went two weeks to each university. So I went to Leeds, Southampton, UCL then to Berlin, and then in Sweden to Lund, Uppsala, and Stockholm, the Karolinska. Okay, and what are your current findings at the moment? Oof, that's the most difficult question I can get. Um, how I work is that student engagement is quite a broad thing, and everybody has their own understanding. Mm. So I took some criteria from the AMI, so the Association Medical Education Europe, they have a yearly conference and they do also awards for universities that excel in student engagement. I think social accountability, simulation and another array of awards. Mm. And I took their criteria. So you have student engagement in making policy. You have student engagement in well teaching assessment and teaching itself. Student engagement in research and student engagement in... Um, the community, so involvement in the community around the university and the hospital. And part of my trip is making like a strength and weakness analysis of my own university because going abroad gives you quite a big insight in how your own university functions. Yeah. Like things that your university is really good at, you don't realize because it's normal to you. But going abroad gives you an idea and you think, oh, actually, we're quite good at that. I never realized. And some other things, um, you realize, you read, you just accepted, but actually they're quite bad at your own university. Mm. So, for instance, a project I'm doing at the Healthcare Leadership Academy is now trying to set up a student exchange network, so students going abroad during their placements. Mm. Um, I didn't realize that was a big problem at my university. 
well, not a problem, but I think we could do better. So seeing all those universities doing that, I thought, well, I want to take that back and change that. So that's a personal uh, project I want to take on. Uh, in general, it's funny to see what different cultures there are at different uh, universities in different countries. Mm. So for instance, in the UK, I think student engagement is very much structured. Um, so there's always a staff lead that's in charge of or supporting the students in their union. So the student union have their own staff. When I went to Berlin, it was quite different because students and staff had their own engagement bubbles. Um, and sometimes the students would have a really good project that they set up fully within themselves. And then the staff would say, oh, we like that idea. We'll incorporate it in the, within the curriculum. So both structures worked quite well, but the interaction was at the point that there was already something there. It was not from the start that they interacted setting up a project. And when you go to Sweden, it's even different uh, because there they say, well, students are equal to staff. So students have the same rights, but also the same responsibilities. So if something goes right, students take the credit for it. But if something goes wrong, they also take the blame for it. So you get... Um, so from the beginning of each project, students need to be involved. So they go all the way in a project. So it's just funny that that makes a difference in how students um, function within a university. Mm. I've never considered how student engagement can be so different compared to different universities. So yeah, the reporting to that will be interesting and I will follow you up to find out when that's coming out. <clears throat> oh man, not a pressure. <laughs> <laughs> No, I, I would love to share it. I think it's it's really interesting, but on the other hand, it's very difficult to, to describe very informal processes. Mm. So to describe what makes it that a student engage it, engages. It's not that easy as saying, oh, this policy made a student engage. It's also a culture that's there and oh, comes yeah. down to persons, you know. Yeah, with qualitative studies, one of the hard bits, defining what it is yeah. that you're trying to find and how to implement that yeah. as like a finding. But actually, speaking about medical schools, why did you decide to go into medicine? So um, I don't have any medical people in my family. Well, actually, my mother did nursing, um, but she never worked in a hospital. She said, well, that's nothing for me. And I hadn't decided as a child that I wanted to be a doctor. I find a lot of things very interesting. So um, actually, I applied uh, after my final year of high school to medicine on one side and university college on the other side and I got rejected for university college and got into medicine and um, I wanted to do university college first and it's when well, the Netherlands is a popular thing at the moment it's a um, very American system where you do your undergraduate first and then you go into medicine or you go into something else mm -hmm. so very broad education and I thought that would be good for me and then after that, I can look into what I wanted to do. And that would probably be medicine. But I thought, I need that um, broadening first. And now, if I look back, I'm now fifth-year medical student. Um, I'm very happy I went into medicine. Um, because my fear at the beginning was being stuck to the train tracks of medicine and getting locked up into the hospital, which sometimes is the case. But... It's not that the international part of setting up your own projects is not possible within medicine. I just didn't know that at that time. Mm. 
guess it's frustrating how when we think about medicine, before you're in medicine, you have this vision of medicine, you're just becoming a doctor. So mm-hmm. I can see how you feel like you're just going into one track and that's yeah. the only way forward. Mm-hmm. So I guess part of changing that would be changing how people see that's such a big task though changing how people see what medicine is mm-hmm. so so i don't think we necessarily need to change what people think about medicine or what medicine is but i do think that the people who are like looking outside of medicine that we can support them if they want to look outside of medicine um because in the end of the day medicine is a very practical education in a sense yeah um, and I don't think it's bad that we train them to become doctors. But if within your um, well, within your studies you realize that there's other things that you're interested in, I think there should be an option to do that. Uh, and you should also take your own responsibility for doing that. I mean, mm. it's, it's uh, both ways. Because I think the things that I do at the moment, if I become a doctor, they can also help me within being a doctor. Yeah. So, yeah. No, definitely, you've articulated that really well, actually. It's not about changing what it is, it's adding to what it is, mm. that you can do more. But there is some pressure on going through medicine as quickly as possible. Yeah. Um, in the Netherlands, we don't have the intercalation, which I find a really interesting idea. In the, well, in the UK, you can do an intercalation mm. and well, do something else for a year. Most people do it in a medical degree, um, but in the Netherlands we have a year out, but they don't offer anything, so most people go travel. Oh, it's an actual year out. I thought you meant intercalation as well. So, so we have a bachelor master system. So we have three years of bachelors, which is mainly theoretical, and then we have three years of masters, which is all placements. So, uh, and then after that you're registered. So we don't have the foundation year one and two. But in the Netherlands, because there's quite a high competition, and um, so most people have to do a PhD and a few years of working as a doctor, not in training, mm. before they even have a chance at, at getting into a specialization. So do you, guys, do you guys get any support as to what you guys should be doing in your year out, or is it up to your own devices, so you can do whatever? Yeah, so I did the project of traveling to the different universities, mm. um, but most people go travel, and I think... For some people, that's actually a really good thing, just to take some time off, because your bachelor's has already taken quite a toll on you, mm. and it, that year off is actually an excuse to say, I, can, I couldn't do anything. Or, well, you could, but it's acceptable if you didn't do anything. So students also can take a year off and have some free time without people asking, why did you work on this and this and this? It shows bad on your CV, blah, 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 mm. blah, you know? Um, so it has a positive and a well, negative side, I think. Okay. So more about the Healthcare Leadership Academy and how you got mm. involved with that. Mm-hmm. So you said it was meant for UK students, but you're not a UK student, clearly. No. So how you went through that was just by pushing the boundary a little bit. Yeah. What made you try to do that? Why do you want to do that? Mm. So maybe it's good to give a bit of a background um, I grew up um, um, abroad for some time in my life, so I did my primary school in, in Africa. Where? In Chad, Cameroon and in Ghana. And my dad still lives in Tanzania. So I've been moving around quite a lot in my youth. And my high school was a newly set up high school. Um, so we used to 
drag the old sofas from the street into the school and sit in like the teacher's room and it was a very open school and trying to set up new things so there was no like school newspaper and a group of friends and I set up a newspaper hmm. so it was that environment I came from in my youth also moving from place to place and having to push through language barriers but also barrier of culture and setting up all the time um, then in high school the same and at university I just kept on going uh, and then on top of that I looked for a healthcare leadership or something in that direction in the Netherlands for the level I am in there is not such a thing um, there's some management training but there's quite a bit of a difference between management okay. and leadership Exactly. it's also what they advocate here at the healthcare leadership academy and um, I like the international aspect and traveling to the different universities also made me realize you can learn a lot from the, going to another culture. Mm. Um, so I thought it would be an extra learning experience yeah. doing it here. And I've applied to other things that were out of my reach and didn't get accepted. Mm. Um, but there's actually nothing to lose. Yeah. So if I had applied for this healthcare leadership academy and I would have gotten a no, and I thought, well, yeah, to the next one. is that a personal thing? No, because they said it's only for UK study students. If I would have gotten a yes, which I got, I get an amazing experience. And that's a bit of my mentality with a lot of things. I just try it and see what happens. Yeah, definitely. There's such a big thing on coming on to what you're saying about barriers, initially just feeling that barrier in the first place. Mm -hmm. Because there could be a barrier or there might not be but you can still feel one there mm -hmm. and I think that's the most important thing that you probably have to change like you said just to just try and go for it even if you do feel it or you don't I think that's really important yeah yeah I fully agree and like sometimes my friends come up to me and say how do you don't feel those barriers and that's not the case I do feel the barriers and I'm actually so scared when I put myself out there I mean um I do hope for getting accepted. It's not like I'm just trying and sending out as much as I can. Uh, no, that's not the case. So um, I try to look at the things that suit my passions. That's always my like drive. Mm. If it doesn't suit the things that I'm interested in or I won't enjoy, I don't apply. Mm. And if I do enjoy them, um, I just try. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Have you heard of the phrase, shoot your shot? Yeah. It goes around a lot on Twitter. So I guess part of this is shooting your shot, but in the direction you want it to go in. So mm -hmm. aligning with your passions. Yeah, and also believe that there's not one passion or one goal I'm going to. So for instance, when I got didn't go, get into university college, at that time that felt as a huge failure. Um, and it felt quite personal and maybe it was I mean I was I didn't get in because of me not because of somebody else mm. but going into medicine and doing very interesting stuff within medicine made me realize that maybe this is an option too so if I would have gotten into university college maybe I would have gotten the best time of my life but that doesn't guarantee I can't have that at the moment yeah so there's different ways to go. Just being open to different possibilities. Yeah, definitely. Okay. 
And given that you are a Healthcare Leadership Academy scholar, mm-hmm. what do you think are the two qualities a leader needs to have to be a good leader? So I think um, the two most important ones that pop into my mind at this moment um, are creating opportunities for yourself, but maybe even more important for others as well. Mm. Um, I think I'm a product of all my friends and people I've worked around um, over the years. So um, creating those opportunities back for other people will develop them but in the end also creates a relationship with them um, where in the end I've gotten the most wonderful opportunities from people I wouldn't expect it from. So it's also not only being nice to the people above you but being as nice or the same to the people under you on the same level or you know it's at a time when I was just a high school student I tried to talk to people that inspired me and they gave me uh, their time and their inspiration and that got me further and I'm still doing the same to get further and further and I hope to do the same for others that are aspiring. So that's one I think. And the other one is self-reflection. I think you never know when you're right. Um, You will never know if you're right but it's very important to be reflective of where you are at this moment, where you have been and where you want to go. And that's for all different kinds of situations. That's to within a project, but within your passions and within um, a group, how you want to steer it forward. Um, so yeah, I think self-reflection is a big one. Mm, definitely. Which brings us quite nicely into the next bit, which is where I ask for your cheesy puzzle wisdom. Mm-hmm. What are your top three cheesy puzzle wisdom? So, one of the wisdoms that is easy to say but hard to do mm. is sometimes it's going to suck. Um, Important, yeah. Yeah, so I have times that I feel shit and that things I do uh, don't feel like anything and that um, why am I doing this, every, like all of this, why am I putting my effort into it? And up till now, they have always been temporarily, and I will refine my passion. And I've tried to find ways to like, refine that passion or that well, inner peace is a very spiritual way of thing, saying mm-hmm. it. But yeah, like sometimes also taking a little break out, or I play the drums, I go play the drums and just play until my head is empty, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, those little things so that's one sometimes things are going to suck but most of the time it's temporarily or you'll get over it or see in a different perspective um, that's too leadership then um, so that's one wisdom I think mm. um, the other one I already mentioned a bit and that's about treating people equal um, like for me this is not really part of the wisdom, but um, when I meet somebody new, I often don't tell what I do and just talk to them and just see how they re- react to them. So I just ask them who they are and I try to be really interest- interested in what they do and I generally want to know what they do. Um, 
I'm really interested in people because mm -hmm. people are fascinating, I think. Um, but I don't tell them until they ask me for some time just to get a sense of how to react to somebody who is being interested but has no position or anything at the moment. And that comes from the fact that I find it really important that you treat everybody equal. So um, somebody above you, you need to treat as equal as somebody below you or on the same level. Not only for reward's sake, because I think everybody can give you great opportunity. Um, I've gotten tips from people who just started medicine and I'm in the fifth year, mm. so that doesn't make a difference. But also, because people remember and will see how you react to other people. So yeah, I think that's really important, being nice to everybody and helping everybody out. People really appreciate it. Mm. And you will appreciate it as well. Definitely. Yeah. So that's one. Um, so the last one I want to articulate is um, do things because you enjoy them and because they fit your passion. And I don't talk about not going into your, just staying in your comfort zone. That's not what I'm talking about because sometimes you need to leave that to do new things. It's about doing things not for the reward but for because you like to do them. Yeah, because I've done things that had potentially a big reward but took me that much effort that in the end it wasn't like it, it didn't do anything for me mm. because I maybe got that recognition for doing that and I can put it on my CV or anything but I didn't learn as much as I, as I could and it didn't get the most out of me or the project mm. and it took like mental capacity or well, mental health well it's not the best way to say it but like um, I struggled much more to do that project mm. while I think I've done small projects with, in the first place, um, not that big of a reward, you would say. Um, but because I enjoyed them a lot, I put everything into it. And um, in the end, I got much more out of it, learning from it. But also, um, you don't know what reward you will get in the end in the sense of uh, network or new friends or new skills or sometimes the project goes a different way and you can go much further with it. Mm. It's a bit vague maybe. No, but yeah. Understand it, yeah. Okay, I can try to get those back to you. So, self-reflection, passion and being nice. Thank you. Once again, thank you for your time, Jim. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you to the MDU Medics Academy and that's it for this episode of Medics Motive.